0: has an idea
1: this is a dope idea it is I a good idea to... this is so cool uh
0: her idea is one of them morphs dragonfly the other's morph flea and latch on to the dragonfly and then the dragonfly flies in um uh the the reasoning behind this is that dragonflies are relatively big so they can cover a decent distance Um, They have a lot of control over their flight and they have very good vision because they're predator insects.
1: Um, This is frequently one of the problems they have with their insect morphs. Right. Um, Even like the fly, which has obviously the big compound eyes, can't see like distance. It's just very good at what it can see close up. Right. Uh,
0: Jake draws the short straw, which means that he's going to be the dragonfly.
1: Like, he drew the short fry as well. Like,
0: I shudder to think what might have happened if David had drawn the short straw.
1: God. I hate it, Danielle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, this already goes so poorly. Can you even imagine?
1: Hmm. I'm just having a thought. I'm going to quickly look at the text slightly. <laughs> so, Jake draws the short straw here. Jake drew the short French fry. I want to go back and check any time that there's been a drawing of lots or whatever.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. I would not put it past Jake. To make sure he is the one doing the shitty thing. I
0: know there's at least one instance where he didn't. Because he, I think it was in book nine, where like he had to stay outside and be the wolf and kind of run around and everybody else had to go in. And he was like, fuck.
1: (laughs) Oh, let me put this to you then, Danielle. After that, he was like, I am never going to be the one not doing it again. Maybe.
0: Uh... I know there's at least one instance in a later book that Rachel gets Tobias to cheat for her. Mm hmm.
1: Well, that's just pure Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> because Jake is self sacrificing in one way or doesn't want to burden the others with things he feels he should. Mm-hmm. And Rachel is the one who would absolutely do the self sacrifice play. Yeah. So. You know, mm-hmm. either way, we know that Jake is not above manipulating the odds. It's true. And now I'm going to be on the watch out for this. <laughs> it pleases uh, me in the upsetting way. Yeah. Uh,
0: so Jake acquires the dragonfly. Uh, David acquires a flea. Um. David asks how it's possible for them to more flea. Max begins to explain the extra mass is extruded into zero space. Our own minds and brains are pushed into zero space and maintain contact with the morph by means of a What is he talking about? David asked. And once again K.A. Give me the technobabble. <laughs> I need to know how this works. <laughs> I know that you don't know how it works. K.A. Come up with a way. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, everybody morphs, um yeah. and it's really gross. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: I I do just the way David doesn't say to Axe, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, he doesn't even like the others will be like because we I think we saw it again last book where Marco Diaz was just like, "Not now." Mm-hmm. It's so dismissive. And belittling um and even rachel who we know still has iffy feelings about acts and definitely has no interest in the techno babble mm-hmm. so it's like yeah it works relax mm-hmm. um and it's just i <sighs> am interested to see the further development of this but the again just Underlining the way he's so dismissive mm-hmm. of anyone he he feels is lesser than. Yeah. Yep. So, and uh, I suppose it it comes into thing with like his interactions with Cassie. Yeah, I feel it's one of those things where he respects Cassie. I feel up to a point, mm-hmm. in that she's useful to yes. him. Mm-hmm. And she is not a threat to him uh-huh. in the way Marco or Jake or Rachel mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. It's gross yeah. and bad. It is. And again, another thing where I go to KA and just like, be conscious about your choices. Because again, yeah, no, we we I we can't get on that track again. We're, we're here. Okay. They're morphing. David being a pissy baby about having to morph flea. Uh, and Jake's just like starts morphing. Yep. Um I appreciate in the grossestness, it's the eyes pop in first. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> which is which is some good like treehouse of horror Bart turning into a f- half weird fly creature. Mm-hmm. Just that's such of the only way they should have done a fucking Animos TV series is animated. Okay. <laughs> just it should have been animated. At least then it could be cool gross other than whatever it's going to be. (laughs) Which is just going to be gross gross. Anyway. (laughs) Jake is a dragonfly.
0: Jake is a dragonfly. He eats a mosquito. (laughs) Oh, how far we've come from Mm -hmm. freaking out about eating a spider to just eating a mosquito and jumping to the
1: next chapter. (laughs) I do love where he's just like grossed out by the fact that he can see. Yeah, pieces of mosquito like hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> mhm. Mm-hmm. I fucking love dragonflies. Yeah, they're pretty. I'm awesome. gonna. Ref- I'm gonna reference the first Rescuers movie. Mm. Evan Root that title of dragonfly. I love him. I just need to rewatch the Rescuers movies. Clearly, anyway, everyone is freaking out as they ride Dragonfly Airlines because it yep. is fast. yep Um, And, like, the power of the beating of the dragonfly wings is, like, a threat to toppling the others off. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did get the fun detail of it took them ages to get onto Jake because of the way fleas move. Mm -hmm. I think it took, like, an hour for them all to get on. Yep. Yep. Um, And, um, but, yeah, they're there. Marco's yelling um (laughs) jake's like hey you think this is fun for me um and rachel's just like nah come on it's fun feel the wind whistling through the chinks of my body armor rustling the spikes on my legs (laughs) Uh, and cassie's referencing like a book series when she was children uh david is just like you guys are crazy and rachel is just cracking up and having a great time and X just like we actually can't slow down (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we really need to get there yeah they only have 20 minutes left
0: in Morph which is going to be important in a moment mm. uh, Tobias is guiding them as Dragonfly uh, into like close to the the resort uh, toward the, the door that they need to be um, and <laughs> the problem is that there's no open windows and no open door so they're kind of stymied as to what to do and then, uh, Tobias gets a brilliant, frankly brilliant idea.
1: This like is so cool.
0: <laughs> and because the uh, bellhops keep tipping their hats uh, in greeting to the uh, visitors um, before taking their bags upstairs, so what's Tobias? What Tobias's idea is is for Jake to fly under the hat and hover. In the space above the person's head inside the hat uh, while they walk in. And that's how they'll get in. So cool. It's really cool
1: and it fucking works. It fucking works. It's a- amazing. And it's not easy for Jake to do this either. No. Um, but he-, he nails it. Mm-hmm. I do like we have some momentary distraction about acts like, what are hats? And Rachel explains, she's like, "More clothing. What is it with you people and clothes? Is there any part of human that cannot be clothed?" <laughs> um, but they realise they're going to have to uh, get off the get off or get out from under the hut soon because uh, the heat and the scent of the human blood is risking overpowering the uh, instinct, uh, getting the fleas' instincts to sort of like mm-hmm. take over. But we get some fun eavesdropping on the bellhop talking to a news uh person. Um yep. <laughs> but they're able to do so. They they make their way in. Um I do appreciate the thirst of this bell hop because on tipping the hat they get out and she's like yo something just threw out your hat. She's like whatever you say, sir, you know who else is hot? Bobby Batista. <laughs> just like <laughs> it's focused, you know? <laughs> um, but they make it uh to some curtains mm-hmm. and they're like hiding and they're just like they have to demorph yep um, and Jake gets them to an air conditioning vent in the hope of finding a room mm-hmm. uh, time is ticking down Jake spots a ballroom um, though there's something it's not the ballroom itself that catches his eye but um, and Jake's just like nope can't do that room But and time is running out uh, and then <laughs> Jake gets stuck in a spider web mm-hmm. in the vents and the spider's there. And just like two minutes to go and it just like the tension is wrapping yeah. up. And like David is panicking and says about demorphing and Jake wants him he's going to be crushed if he does it inside the duct. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake demorphs enough to tear the web. Um, but in the process, uh, Cassie is hurt doing so uh what happens is uh she's clearly attacked he figures out that she is um where she was bitten onto him and where he's morphed like a big enough artery has sort of suddenly grown in and she has literally had like a gout of blood go into her with enough force to burst her insides yep science kids yep um And Jake is now freaking out because Cassie is hurt. There's still a spider. He is like a half dragonfly person. Um, But he's out of the web, needs to shrink back down to get out. And it's just, again, this panicking. And David is like done. Yeah. Um, David's beginning to demorph and weighing Jake down. Yeah, so uh, Jake scoops up Cassie. Um and ends up they bust through the grate that Jake had just been past and is yelling at them all to demorph. He drops Cassie, because obviously extra important that she demorphs uh before she dies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and Marco can't get out of morph. And this is this was legit like Hard to read. Yeah. Yeah. Uh.
0: My own eyes were emerging, and through them I could see someone morphing not a foot away on the table. But it was like no morph I've ever seen. The person wasn't changing, but simply growing. Growing as a flea. A one foot long flea. Larger. Two feet long. Let me tell you something there's a reason that insects gross people out. Someday go find a blown up photograph of a flea and imagine it becoming human sized. It stood on six bristling legs. The body was the color of rust. It was narrow, as if it had been run over by a train. It was built of interlocking plates of armor. Its head was a hideous helmet with a ring of spikes raked back all around the top and sides. At the bottom of the helmet were more spikes, like some horrible parody of a mustache. Two stubby antennae protruded, saber-toothed tiger teeth stuck straight down. It had two black button eyes. Dead, soulless eyes. It was now a flea as large as a dog. Ah. Uh, And Marco is crying for help. Jake can't stand to look at him. Uh, And Cassie uh, stands up. She's fully demorphed, even though Jake is only halfway through the process. As, As always, Cassie is the best morpher. She looked right at Marco. She placed her hands on his sides, ignoring the sting of his bristles as they poked into her skin. The flea, Marco, tried to jump. But the legs that could fire a flea through the air were too weak to move the huge thing he had become. Come on, Marco, Cassie said calmly. Clear your mind of all the fear. You can do this. You will morph. Focus on the picture of yourself. Form the picture in your mind. Let go of the fear and focus on the picture of your own body. We were all demorphing. Rachel's head rose up above the table edge. Then David. Axe. One by one, they assumed their own forms. One by one, they registered horror on their faces. We all stared, stared at the monstrous flea and at Cassie. And then, slowly, slowly, the armor plate began to soften into flesh. Slowly, the mouthparts retreated, the spiked helmet melted into hair. Slowly, slowly, Marco emerged. At last, he was sitting, his own self again, on the edge of the table. He looked at Cassie with his own human eyes, and he did something I didn't think Marco was capable of. He put his arms around Cassie's shoulder and cried. Thank you, he whispered. Thank you, Cassie. You saved my life. The rest of us were left staring at Cassie with expressions you could only describe as awe. Rachel moved close to me and whispered in my ear. Well, that sent a few chills up my spine. And Axe even uh, chimes in. I do not believe in miracles. I always said Cassie had a talent for morphing, and yet this is something I have not seen before.
1: Cassie's such a badass. Cassie is a badass. <laughs> this uh, is the good shit. When they, so good. when they do write by Cassie, mm-hmm. this is so, like, she, even if she ha- is feeling that same visceral horror as the others, she puts aside her own fear
0: mm-hmm. and
1: her own disgust, and is able to reach out. And it's <sighs> There's a reason the playbook's called "The Heart, yo. Anxious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just... also like, seeing Marco cry, yeah is a lot. I think yep. we've maybe seen... I'm trying to think if we've ever seen any of the other boys cry. Maybe Tobias. Um, I don't think
0: we've... I don't know that we've seen Tobias cry, mostly because he hasn't been human long enough.
1: I was just thinking about when Fangor died. Oh, yeah. They were all crying when Elfangor died. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> so, seeing that, and just, yep. like... Because... <laughs> The world tells boys they can't cry, mm-hmm. and although Marco, like after a moment, is like does okay, wipe off the tears, mm-hmm. uh, and he does sort of like clearly try to walk it off a little bit, but he is so vulnerable in that moment, and we know Cassie and Marco struggle sometimes. Yeah, for all their similarities, possibly because of their similarities. Like we heard in last book that Marco doesn't know how to feel about Cassie, mm-hmm. and in that moment we see her probably knowing that about mm-hmm. him and still reaching out, and him letting her trusting her, mm-hmm. and that's such a a thing. And I, I will say to to ruin this deeply serious emotional conversation, given what we've told, just like it's like
0: hmm
1: marker (laughs) cassie because apparently my brain can't stop will not stop (laughs) so but it's yeah it's
0: because last time we got him explicitly saying um you know cassie has saved my life a lot and you cut someone a lot of slack when they save your life Mm -hmm. and here we have explicitly gratitude uh yeah it's i love the fact that he cries even in front of david yeah and rachel to a lesser mm-hmm. extent yeah yeah That's it it really drives home just how fucking scary that is
1: yeah um but they're all just sort of like reeling from this both like the horror of what was happening to marco and just Everyone looking at Cassie like the fucking hero she is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but Mark's like, okay, so what are we doing? Anyone bothered to notice where we are? And Jake's like, yeah, no, I did. That's why I didn't want to come in here. Everybody be alert. Uh, mm-hmm. Rachel, we may need firepower. Like he's full on like, okay, crisis is over. Deal with new situation. Yep. But Meanwhile, David is like, okay, so what is this? And look at this room, it's huge. And Axe is just like, that's a small scale portable yerk fool. Yep. Um, and here comes some good shit. Here's some good fun sci-fi bullshit, because <laughs> this portable Yerk pool is hidden inside a hologram. Yep. Um, right where a pillar should be. Uh huh. I do appreciate that. Like they're having, they're chatting about things like security, and Rachel was talking right up until the point where uh, <laughs> her mouth morphs into a, the bear's muzzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just a, a fun little detail. And they're just like taking all of this in, and Axe is able to figure out, okay, there's the emitter, but it's like bouncing something back. It's not what's, it's not the source of the hologram. It's just like projecting it in this moment. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get a grip on what the situation is, taking all the details. Um, Jake's like, okay, actually, no, Rachel Morph. Sorry, it just, I like that he apologizes. It's just like, yeah. mm, no, this is. A very small space because they realize the spot they're in inside this massive pillar is like 10 feet in diameter mm-hmm. and she's like yeah no that'd be so big rachel and she's just like oh are you sure <laughs> um but yeah so there's some fun science-y hologram and they figure there's also like a force field in this mm-hmm. one um which is just interesting um And Marco wonders about, like, if there's no pillar there, why isn't, like, the roof falling down? So they figure out, like, there's a little doorway in this. I've been watching some Minecraft videos recently. This is all I could think of. I blame G. Um, (laughs) But Axe, like, goes to the little computer console on the Yerk pool and is, like, figuring it out. And you figure out, like, there's, like, a little tiny door in the force field Mm -hmm. into the pillar. Yeah. Um, Jake has stepped out to sort of, uh, take it all in. Yep. And then they hear a voice approaching. Yeah. Somebody with opinions about telling them how, uh, he wants it. And yep. the, uh, talking about the POTUS, President of the United States, um, and the other heads of state. And this guy, uh, Tony uh is like stating about how things are going to run mm-hmm. and these other people are like okay so what this doesn't make sense and tony is having a day like very like put out don't tell me what makes sense i've spent weeks working on this and like gets caught up why did you say something different this morning and tony is like you must have misunderstood what i said this morning there is some bitchiness going on, and this is uh, yeah. Tony, the White House Chief of Protocol, um, being very like imperious, yeah. uh, Which probably is what ticks Jake off, um, because he um squirms. He's hiding under the table that this group of humans is now sitting at as yeah. well, and but he uh, spots as this group gets up. Uh, a slash on the bottom of Tony's shoe. Yep, it was not the president. It was in fact this person.
0: Um, but the this group of people leave um, with essentially hanging in the hanging in the air. The foreshadowing that Visor Three has changed the plan for what was supposed to be how how the banquet was supposed to run, um, and instead. Uh, says that all of the heads of state will be approaching the stage from behind that pillar. And that pillar happening to be the hologram one. Uh, Jake gets back inside the hologram, and uh, he and Axe both make the Uh, deduction that the hologram is weaker or the force field is weaker higher up the column um, and so that they should be able to uh, fly out essentially or they they should be able to fly out of the whole complex by just flying up Um, but there's this question of the portable yerk pool and Axe asks Jake uh, if they should leave the yerk's alive or not um and we get this line from jake that just is extremely incongruous with everything that we've known about jake so far uh there was something wrong about killing defenseless slugs you mean like the entire hot tub of yurks that you fucking (laughs) parboiled the other the other book like in book
1: six the the lobster boil you did on that hot tub worth of (laughs) yurks You know, th- this is a very this is some contrived, yeah, bullshit. Because it actually does turn out to be the right choice for him to have made. Yeah. I
0: wish they had just left it at like he has he has a feeling that like mm, no, I think we should leave them.
1: Yeah, or like we can't make it. We can't leave a clue that we were here. Yes, because that would be a totally in character thing for him to say. Yeah. Um also I wonder if given everything else this is also like a sign of maybe weakness that David or a sign that David takes as
0: mm. Maybe. It could be. It's, we don't we don't look at really direct- his reaction to it.
1: Yeah, no, it's not commented on directly, but the thought just occurred to me. Mhm. Yeah. Uh
0: So they're trying to figure out how to get out of here. They need a distraction because the roof is probably being watched by a bunch of people, especially the person with the fucking Cyclops visor. Um, And if a bunch of birds just suddenly appeared from the roof, that would be a problem. Uh, David makes the suggestion of pulling the fire alarm. He mentions that uh, he did it once at his old school to get out of taking a test solid once again illustrating that the rules do not apply to david
1: but uh, also a solid strategy <laughs> yeah we don't um, don't pull fire alarms for fun yeah uh we don't
0: <laughs> we <laughs> please don't speaking just as don't- a chemical hygiene officer please don't just don't do that <laughs> there are other things that you can do um <laughs> David uh, volunteers to pull the lever, and Jake's like, all right, fine, everyone morphs Seagull. Um, David, throw it and come straight back. Um, and he, he does. He runs, he yanks the switch, he comes racing back, and he trips and eats the ground. Uh, and then a bunch of armed men come into the room. Uh, Because the thing that Jake did not think about is that uh, the fire alarm would distract regular guards, but the controllers are going to come trying to save their Yurk brethren in the pool. David rolls under a table. Jake tells everyone else to finish morphing and leave, and he's going to stay behind to get David. Rachel tries to uh, protest at this, and Jake's just like, not now. Um... David and I are going to find a different way out. Uh, And so he uh, drops down onto his knees, crawls under a different table. So he and David are kind of making eyes at each other from two different tables across the room while these guards are running around. And David is morphing Lion. Because of course, you know. It's... (sighs) We we get this thing from Jake. I mount the word no silently. We needed to escape, not fight. But David just grinned. He was still grinning as three-inch long yellow canine teeth grew from his suddenly puffy upper lip. Um, the guards are running around, uh, and the guards check to see if the yerks in the pool are okay. And they reason that if the Andalites got in, the yerks would be dead. Uh... But if the Yorks are alive, then probably it wasn't Andalites. Uh, Jake breathes a sigh of relief at his decision, uh, and now he just has to worry about keeping David from doing anything really dumb, because
1: now he's fully morphed. Yes, she's just a full-grown fucking lion chilling under a table in this ballroom. Yeah. And as the uh, controllers go to leave uh david's head sort of turns and jake recognizes he describes it as his hindquarters bunch up ready for the attack those of us who had lived with cats will know the butt wiggle and i appreciate they have to go with a more dramatic rendering but that is the butt wiggle just saying yeah um now jake does something very jake Mm -hmm. also very rachel they're cousins there is a lot more there is a lot of overlap between jake and rachel as the books like to show us mm-hmm. while he is he literally pauses his narration to explain i know how dangerous lions are okay <laughs> um, i've been a tiger i understand I get big it. cats yeah 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 i know they look all like sleepy and stuff they sleep a lot because they use a lot of energy when they kill shit. um And he reaches out and grabs David's mane. And then has the thought, oh, this is David's first time in Lion Morph. I mean, it's not. It's not. But (laughs) it's his first time interacting with somebody in Mm -hmm. Lion Morph. Yeah. In a tense situation in Lion Morph. Yeah. Um, And Jake does have the realisation that he might not have an arm for much longer. And Jake's just like, David, don't do anything. And David just stares at him and bares his teeth. And his face is right up with David's. Still holding on, the controllers leave. And Jake just has the thought, Uh, Or the mind goes to the fact that one of the ways lions kill their prey is by simply crushing the skull. You know, while his face is right next to this lion's face. And then Dave is just like, how'd you worried, huh? Dave's just like, nah, knew you were cool. Just being prepared, you know, in case there was any trouble. I was surprised you didn't go into your tiger morph. And and feel like, just like, oh, well, I was just doing what you think. Mm-hmm. What I thought you would do. Mm-hmm. What and, I thought uh, a leader mm, would do. Yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't see the need. And then David comes out with, hey, you ever wonder who'd win in a fight between a lion and a tiger? And Jake just hesitates. Like, totally like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Why am I being asked this question? We know why. Um, well, we know why. But, um. and then David's just like, Lion, that's what I think. But it would probably never happen, David said with a laugh. It's just interesting to think about. I better demorph. And it's just like,
0: Mm hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. This kid knows exactly what he's
1: saying. Oh, yeah. It's a psych out. Mm hmm. He is literally. Like this is like the inverse or the flip of the face-off in the hotel room.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is them face-to-face and that is a threat. Yeah. I mean, the question in and of itself maybe could swing either way. But the fact that he then says, yeah, I think a Lion," And he's just like laying down how he thinks it would go. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I will fight you. And it is that power thing—that need to have power over someone and something, and enjoying having it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I don't know lots about animals, but the fact that, aside from completely like, he's got all like predator—he's got predator morphs—and mm-hmm. he leans in. And the fact of the matter is that he had a pet cat and a pet snake. And for all that house cats are incredibly domesticated. They're also predators. Yep. He understands that kind of behavior. He respects power in the way that people, I think, want. And I respects it, like maybe idolizes it, but just like Mm -hmm. views power as the most important thing to have. Yeah, I guess. Yeah and jake is like processing this um and just like okay best way out is the way we came in and it's like <laughs> they, they, they just the brush def- right over this they just <laughs> okay we can't have a repeat of last time just bite me as a human and then i'll morph so you'll still be biting it'll be fine <laughs> just like some weird fucking foyer bullshit like yeah what is it's- happening here <laughs> They brush right past it. It's like, yeah, it worked. And we found it a box and fine. we zipped outside. Yep. There, there we go. Tobias snags them out of the air. They fly home. And Jake's just there just like, all he can think about is this question about who would win between a t- lion and a tiger. And why did I suddenly care about the answer? Yep. Uh, for what it's worth, dear listeners, I did do some Googling. Uh, you should too. I'm not going to say anything. Google mm-hmm. it yourself. Sate your curiosity. <laughs> we can yell about it in the Discord server after the fact. Because <laughs> that's what it's for. Um, but so, the kids are out of there. They know the plan. Yep. There's going to be a banquet. The heads of state are going to walk up to the platform. But as they do so, to give their speeches, but they pass behind this holographic pillar, they're going to be yanked inside the pillar, put, heads put in the pool, infested. Then... The holographic emitter would be able to project an image of the head of state going up to the podium, seem to reappear, do the speech, and then uh, as they leave the stage you'd have to switch back as the now infested head of state walks out and back to their seat. Yep. And, Honestly, um, a really
0: brilliant plan on the, on behalf of the Yerks.
1: That Yeah, as I said. Power to the Yerks. This is some solid plan. I feel like Visa 3 is getting to be dramatic. He's getting to play a part, play a role, mm-hmm. flex his acting chops. And so he can just concentrate on having a good play. Just like, yes, this is, this is some good team. This was some, like good cartoon. Just like, I have this plot and I'm going to be the mouthy gay head <laughs> protocol of protocol. Um, Visa 3 couldn't somebody I will do this. I must play this part. <laughs> Look. This three is a messy, dramatic bitch. Yep. And I love that for him. <laughs> yep. <sighs> but, yeah, they're talking about it. Uh, Jake explains what he learned about Toby. Uh, sorry, Tony. And um, David succinctly puts it that they're after a grand slam. They're going to get everyone at once. Yep. Um, and of course, they went for the second helicopter, the throw-off, because um, they, they didn't want to get just the president. This way, this would give them a means to get all of them. Right. Um uh, and real Toby is probably just Tony is stashed somewhere, having yep. had his clothes nicked and stuff. Yep. Uh, Tobias asks, why not just make him a controller?
0: Uh Axe is like, well, it's probably just Kendrona rays. They can't like make sure that he has access to Candruna rays, so that's probably why. And Cassie comes up like <laughs> because like Rachel and David and and Marco are are all having this conversation of like well what if that's the case then how are they going to do it when they infest the world leaders and it's like oh but they're world leaders they'll have enough power uh to to install these portable pools it'll be fine and cassie just breaks in and just like there's a much simpler explanation than all of this ego viscer 3 isn't going to let this go with him on the in the back lines right like
1: he's he's got to be front and center of this um (laughs) he wants to be able to say look i did it all (laughs) me 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 and we know this is true we were just doing a bit about it like of course yeah but i love that cassie has Visa three's number so much Mm -hmm. which again i suppose just makes it even fucking more stark that she can't get a read on david I mean, granted, she has interacted with Vissa three more, but not always necessarily directly. But that just mm-hmm. it says something. Though Vissa three, as just said, is a messy bitch, so you know, it does <laughs> like to talk a yep. lot. So,
0: uh, Cassie makes the observation: all you think about is plot. You always forget it's about personality. It's about character, and boy, that if that isn't the fucking tagline of these three books. Don't worry about the plot. Just focus on these character interactions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Jake has to fill Rachel in about Sadler, um, because she uh doesn't know. Um and everyone is making noises of sympathy because, you know, it's a scary thing to have happen to a cousin. Um but we get this observation uh, everyone made the right noises of sympathy. So did David, but while his mouth was making the right words, I saw something disturbing in his eyes. Something I couldn't quite put my finger on. I glanced at him and he looked at me with a face that seemed to be shining with restrained excitement, like someone who had just figured out how to win the lottery. And I heard an echo of Cassie's words in my mind. It's always about character.
1: Motherfuck, I just connected the dots. Uh-huh. Uh, did you? Uh- Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we can cut this out. Uh huh. I want to punch this kid so hard
0: in the face. Whatever. However you think it is, it's worse than that.
1: Upsetting. (laughs) Upsetting. (laughs) I'm gonna have to read the next book quickly, even if we don't like record for a while, because like. I didn't connect that dot Mm -hmm. the first time. I I took it as like a sadism thing Mm -hmm. on the first read. But now having knowing the line that comes later Mm -hmm. about... Mm -hmm. I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Like if he wasn't already crossing like the moral event horizon for people, this is him coming up on it. Incredibly fast. Yes, yes, no. And he he
0: sees the moral event horizon and just hits the gas. Yeah, he's
1: just (laughs) like, okay, in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah. God, this kid sucks. All right. Um, we move to the next chapter, and now we have uh, the observation that we mentioned at the top. Mm -hmm. Doug's like, I didn't know David. I realize that now. I hadn't really had time to get to know him. It had been one crisis piled on top of the next since we'd first learned about David finding the blue box. I knew each of the others. Name any situation, I could tell you exactly how Cassie or Marco or Rachel or Tobias or even Axe would react. But David remained unknown. Unpredictable. He'd been brave, mostly. He'd done what he'd had to do, mostly. But there had been things, the way he'd been an eagle morph and attacked some passing bird for no reason, the way he'd gotten weird in the lion morph, and the thing with breaking into the hotel room. All totally understandable, nothing really awful, not given how his entire life had been ripped apart. He seemed to get along with Cassie and Rachel and Tobias okay. He mostly ignored acts like he was afraid of him, which was easy to understand, and it take some getting used to. He and Marco obviously did not get along, but that was easy and easy to understand too. Marco is my best friend in the world, but like Axe, he can take some getting used to. Which I just love as an observation. And that just sort of, again, pays credit to my whole thing about how Marco probably does not have friends outside yeah. of mm-hmm. this group. So...
0: He takes Cassie aside and she's like, you want to ask me about David? And he's
1: like, how did you know? And it's like,
0: you've how would she him all not know?
1: Afternoon. I was like, you've been watching him all afternoon. <laughs> but that, I suppose, it's just like, again, another nod to how Cassie is always keeping an eye on Jake. Because mm-hmm. that she took that responsibility on herself. She watches Jake 6, as it were. Mm-hmm so and this is where Cassie talks about being unable to figure him out and that for all like he's lost so much he doesn't seem upset enough about that he acts upset and but she just doesn't know and Jake's just like oh come on you're supposed to be the insightful one I'm the moron who, when it comes to figuring people out and then Cassie is just like take one worry at a time fearless leader." And this is actually like, hooks her arm through his. Uh, We have the mission tonight. We have to save the world. Let's do that, then figure out the new kid. And Cassie's just like, and he asks her what she thinks of the plan. And she's just like, Axe says it can be done. Marco says it's insane. I agree with both of them. (laughs) (laughs) So, and let me be clear, this is a cool plan. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Axe has figured it out. Or explains how the hologram, the pillar and the force field are being done and how it's being probably broadcast from the blade ship uh, high in the atmosphere above the hotel. Um, But it's going to have to hold its station perfectly and it's literally just beaming down. And we also get the fun little dig about how, uh, especially with inferior yerk technology, uh, it takes enormous amounts of energy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Marco is just like, but Eric and the other Chi use holograms constantly. Their visible bodies are holograms. Yes, obviously, in that one area, the technology that she possesses is somewhat superior, even to Andor like technology. And then we just get this good little interaction between Marco and Axe, like a Marco just like ribbing Axe, grinning and feeling like Marco, the the Marco we're used to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. And just like gently ribbing Axe. And everyone's laughing, uh, except David, whose gaze is somewhere else. He was looking at the group, but far, far off. Like we were each animals at the zoo. Like he was sizing us up. Which is just chilling. Mm-hmm. Um, but Axe is able to uh, get the uh, final point on Marco. Um which Rachel applauds. I appreciate Rachel calls Axe Axeman, mm-hmm. which is a lovely... Because we know that is Tobias' nickname for Axe. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, Rachel, you're using your boyfriend's nickname for his best friend. <laughs> <laughs> this is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just again, I like that we get these little moments of the others interacting And again, to just emphasize how wrong and out and in of opposed that is to uh, to David's interactions Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. with everybody. Um, But yeah, so they have their plan. So they're going to get inside the beam further up, drop down. They're going to take out any controllers, take the place of the controllers that are there. And uh, explain to the world leaders what's going on. In the, like a conv- few seconds while they're in the column. Mm hmm. And one of them is already a controller. Yeah. At least one of them. Yeah. Um, and this is just incredible because the next chapter is them flying in, carrying weights. Mm hmm. Like, I'm going to leave aside, I don't think birds. Can carry this much weight because I don't know. Danielle probably knows, but can. Uh, yeah, okay. I trust you. I trust you. you. You would never steer me wrong in the way of birds. Um,
0: <laughs> it would but, be like, very Jake's,
1: tiring. Yeah, so you couldn't do it for long. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like Jake's got like a four ounce teardrop lead weight. Uh, they've got like fishing weights and all of them. Uh, well, no, Tobias, Cassie, David, and Axe. Uh, all are carrying, like, small weights uh, that they found in, like, Cassie's barn. Rachel is carrying Marco in Cobra Morph. Um, <laughs> just a visual of a fucking bald eagle flying with a cobra is just... <laughs> that does sound like somebody's really trashy or really awesome tattoo or something you might see on the back of, like, a denim jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get this lovely visual of them flying in high above the beach, like so high up that they're like um, brushing through the lower the bottom edge of the clouds, mm-hmm. and it's just this lovely calmness going on. Um, uh, they fly over the compound, oh, the compound, the resort uh cassie spots the president um and just like pointing him out like he's wearing shorts um david suggests about getting an autograph and then laughs at his own joke um and that sort of acts uh tobias checks with Axe. do you think they're high enough to get into the hologram and um just like he thinks so most likely. It's just like that's reassuring, just like I will go first. If I appear to run into an invisible wall and knocked unconscious and fall towards the ground, you know the force field is still too strong at that height. <laughs> was that andelite humour? I could never be sure. Like, Axe was never gonna be able to get a good grasp on human humour when dealing with very likely autistic Tobias mm-hmm. and Marco as the two people interacting <laughs> who do humour. I mean, I will find him funny. Absolutely. But I am also not necessarily a metric <laughs> to use for such things. <laughs> um, but anyway, they're able to get into the, uh, into the beam of the force field and the projection. Axe has another little dig at Yerk technology because they're only like 200 feet up and an uh, added like force field would still be too strong to get into at this height. But, uh, and they all sort of, get inside the beam and drop their weights onto the heads of the three controllers in there. And yep. this is incredible. I love this visual <laughs> of these birds of prey dive-bombing controllers with lead-like fishing weights mm-hmm. to fucking bonk on the head. This is yep. great. I love this so much (laughs) and just like i mean in all seriousness though i'm surprised they didn't kill anybody doing this yeah again it's action movie action movie like as jake describes he is going over 100 miles an hour when he releases yeah that weight. and yeah four rounds is might be a lot but directly on top of somebody's skull yeah he cracks that skull yeah, no, that man's at least concussed. At least. Uh, um, and on top of that, Marco
0: bites one of them because they start moving and like getting up. And so we're gonna just. Yeah. Fucking... <laughs> he delivered a very small dose of toxin. Enough mm. to keep him down, but leave him breathing. We <laughs> hoped. <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't think you understand how cobra venom works, my dude.
1: Uh, but yeah so they do this they are they they knock out the guards um and they're there just like inside this hologram being able to look at all these like heads of state and like this is it and they just now wait yep and it's just like okay and they're there and then the president um uh sits down uh at the table uh there's the food served and Jake's got like his spider senses tingling. hmm Um and he asks Cassie, just like, didn't you see you saw the president outside? And she's like, Yeah Or she does like the confused face and he's like, Well you said he was wearing shorts so now he's in a tuxedo And she's like, Oh, I must have been mistaken, must have been some guy who looked like the president. Um one <laughs> of the controls starts staring and that's when Marco morphs back to cobra just bites him again and then yeah, the they speeches. just wait
0: through dinner and dessert mm-hmm.
1: have the passing thought about stealing a dessert and how easy it would be doesn't um and the uh axe david and jake acquire these controllers as morphs and steal their suits briefly yep. um and then we have a little. I know what you're thinking. We have a rule against morphing other humans, but to my mind, these weren't really other humans. The bodies may have been, but their minds were pure yerk. And I'm just like, mm, that's some bullshit. <laughs> that is some bullshit, Jake. This this but is the if,
0: author being like, oh, we need him to morph these humans, but we made this a line late earlier. <laughs> and we'll just put in a paragraph saying that that we acknowledge it. It'll be fine.
1: Like. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating, yeah, uh, we do have Jake's observation that morphing human while easy still feels weird, um, but again, it's that moral weirdness um I'm talking about like cloning mm-hmm. um, and like how it but it doesn't feel different to being himself physically, mm-hmm. so. Uh And then we have this moment, and this is adorable. This is some peak, this is 13-year-old boys. Mm-hmm. Or, like, two 13-year-old boys and an alien. So Axe has an excuse. Um, But Cassie um had, like, unknotted one of the controller's ties while waiting, just like as a nervous habit, and nobody, none of the boys can re-tie it. Mm-hmm. And they're all just like, and there's like Tobias and Marco. They're just like, mm. and Rachel's just like, oh, you're pathetic. And um, she just like does Axe's tie for him, and mm-hmm. uh, like also like puts the tie around his neck, does it up, button, re the shirt correctly, buttons the jacket up, straightens the lapels, pushes his hair all in less time. They're just the boys have just been staring at each other. It just like spins Axe around, just like yes, Queen. <laughs> <laughs> um so they're ready to go and then uh mm, it's bad things bad because the uh the plan doesn't seem to be working like none of the world leaders are going to be coming up come up to where they are like had they'd heard visor 3 as tony explaining and we have the uh reflection or jake has the reflection in hindsight if he'd stop to think about how well a great horned owl can see at night and just how recognizable the present is and just how long it takes to put on a tuxedo yeah because jake susses out after these speeches happen um because they notice that all of the leaders avoid the pillar and just Go do their speech and then go sit down. And um, Eric had said only one head of state was definitely a controller. And, the, and Jake says out that it's a trap because this shouldn't be happening like this. And he calls for them to go battle morphs. Um, and he asks Axe, can you do a hologram inside a hologram? And uh, the and he's halfway into Tiger Wolf when uh, the gig's up, the uh, the the uh, the mask comes off. Um, as Viser Three is here, Viser Three is always here. Um, and
0: yeah, go on. Viser uh, Three steps out of the hologram. Uh, he is crowing. He is gloating. He is so He's having the time happy. of his life. He's having the time of his life. He tells his controllers <laughs> to turn off the outer hologram. The banquet hall full of people disappears uh, and instead uh, you see they see just a wall of Hork-Bajir warriors completely encircling them, each with a dragon beam. Uh, and luckily for Jake, he told everyone to morph, to go into battle morphs because Visser 3 has his controllers turn off the inner hologram. And so suddenly the anamorphs are totally exposed to the room. There's
1: a lion, a tiger, a bear. Oh, my. I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't have to do the podcast. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and Cassie's there and her wolf morph is in his own form.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Marco is Marco, the cobra. And so is sort of like out of sight. Um, yep. And Jake Suss is uh, just like, hey, Marco, can... The Visa see you. It's like, probably not. What about the other no- 9,000 Hawk She's like, Marco, are any of them looking at you? And he's like, oh, no. So Marco's all right. And Visa 3, being Visa 3, is just like, come on, demorph, do it now. If you refuse, I'll kill you one by one until you decide to comply. And it's just doing the house. So who dies first? David just like, oh, don't shoot me, Oldomorph, I don't care about these, and yells out as Cassie bites uh his hind leg. <laughs> Sweet, gentle Cassie, as she is described mm-hmm. in the text without hesitation, just bit down on David. Yep. And he's pissed. And then we have a lion trying to bite uh, a a wolf, and she's like in the right position to keep out of the way of his jaws. Mm-hmm. This is free, is like, this is not how my party was meant to go. I don't like this. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Jake is trying to get David to calm down. The Hawk aren't watching, aren't reacting, they're just still there standing with their dragon beams. And then Jake is just like, How did he get all these Hawk in here? We couldn't even get a dragonfly in here, or we could barely do that. Um, <laughs> Jake asks Rachel. That's it. Rachel, explained to David that he needs to back off. And then she just punches David. <laughs> just fucking haymakers David. <laughs> yep. Which is just incredible, <laughs> frankly. And Jake knew what he was doing when he asked Rachel to explain it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Vista 3 is just enjoying watching the Adelites fight. But uh, David's just like, she bit me. And Vista 3 is just like, I'm going to kill you first. Um, and David's still like, no, I'll more. And Rachel just starts screaming at him. And this is glorious because she's like, shut up, you pathetic, gutless weasel. You won't have to wait for Visser 3 to kill you. And this is just making me increasingly excited for book 22, I have to say. (laughs) And David's just like, they're threatening me. I'm being mean. He (laughs) does say they're threatening me, though, and like runs towards Visser 3 and yells out, I'm on your side And because visa 3 hesitates before shooting David, probably like stunned that one of them's coming to me. And yep. the hulk don't react. Yeah. But as David yells, I'm on your side to Visa 3, Jake is just like, bad choice, David. And says to Axe, yes, my friends, a hologram inside a hologram. That's what we had, right? Yes. The hologram of the marble pillar was inside the hologram of the banquet any reason any technical reason i mean why it couldn't be a hologram inside a hologram inside a third hologram and rachel's like burr and Jake was like yeah a whole hologram a, a hologram of a whole army of hawk a projection a fake i don't think they're really there i think Visser three is here and maybe he's got a couple of human controllers with him but that army of hawk around us i don't think this is a live show i think we're watching videotapes and he gets marco to uh go towards hall the year, and Michael's like, All right, but you better be right. just like I'm slithering <laughs> um and there's like this face off, and David is like slowly demorphing um next to Visa three uh Marco reports back, yep, just bit through a hologram um, and so Jake's right. Just like, there's no you're just them and the visa, And Rachel's just like, well, 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 <laughs> I think I better just... And, um, and she's just like, no, I'm faster than you. I'll get him. And then David is just like, but I'm closest. And um, Axe provides a distraction again. Like, Axe, why do you keep doing this <laughs> willingly? <laughs> um. But Axe, like, calls out to Visser 3, just like, if you want to kill somebody, kill me. And David takes the opportunity to um, uh, sweep a forepaw and takes out Visser 3's legs. Um, And uh, David goes for the Visser's throat. Um, But... um, whoever human controls are nearby take a couple of shots uh at david um jake observes it's really not that big a deal for a lion like the damage taken like it's not he doesn't say like being shot's nothing but also like for the the mass of the lion it's not too big a deal but david uh, backs off
0: yep Uh, because remember this is actually david's first fight he hasn't yeah. gotten used to it, like the others have, of getting grievously injured and fighting through it because you can just morph it away later. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he pulls back. And Visser yeah. 3 begins to morph. Um, <laughs> and Visser 3's yelling at his human controllers, like, don't fucking use guns, everyone will hear you. <laughs> you have dragon beams. <laughs>
1: uh, um. So a melee breaks out. Yeah, we have Visser 3 uh, morphing uh, with David on him. Jake has gone for one of the human controllers, or has already taken down briefly mm-hmm. one of the human controllers. Um, <laughs> Rachel bonks one of the controllers on the head, uh, one of the other controllers. Uh, Cassie goes for somebody else, but takes a dragon beam fire um, and uh, gets burned and... The controller who shot her has like a dragon beam pointed at her head. Jake has a nice little, uh, good no moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I appreciate this. Um, but, um, Axe in the melee has managed to get his, uh, tail blade to Visa throat. And here we have like the full on standoff. And Ax just like, tell him not to fire. And if he fires, I'm going to cut your head off. Yep. And Visser 3 is very upset about being in a standoff. Yep. <laughs> he's just like the indignant, just yep. like, a standoff? I, I would fucking had that. you. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's so pissed. And, Viss- and Axe is just there with the tail blade and it's starting to bleed. Uh, and Visser 3 changes tack. And just goes into the like silky insinuating voice, just like, which one of you is the human? And Axe tries to play it off, just like you're losing your sense of reason. Humans do not morph. And Visser 3, proving that for all his bombast and need for drama, he is not dumb. Because he's like, I know you found the blue box. I know a human boy named David found it. And I know you Andalite bandits have gotten to him. You either killed him or made him one of you. And killing him in cold blood would have, uh, wouldn't have, would have suited the hypocritical Andalite sense of morality. And then he is appealing directly to David. Just like... And then he's just like doing some white witch and narnia bullshit. <laughs> just like... Is one of you the human child named David? It's you I'm speaking. David, David, your parents are with me. They miss you. They would like to see you again. And Jake tries to, like, intercede and just, like, David, don't say anything. And David, just like, you took my parents, you turned them into yurks. And Visser 3 is just like, yes, we would not do that to you, David. I give you my word. You will be allowed to live free with your parents. And Axe is calling him out. And Visser 3 is just ignoring him and just, like, is reasoning with david
0: making some of the same uh arguments that david has made to jake yeah they know what he looks like he'll never be able to go out in the world again and uh he he's really cajoling like really hard and it it's honestly very um compelling in the way that he does it like it's He is clearly making a play that is working.
1: Yeah, and he can see it because he's like also like able to call out like just like um, when Axe is obviously trying to get Vesethu to shut up. He's just like, you see, they want to silence me. They can't allow you to learn the truth, like playing on insecurities Mm -hmm. of David's Mm -hmm. and ends up just like, so what will it be? Because the humans at the resort are coming. And David like lays uh viscer 3 lays out for Dave just like, well, let me come with us. we can take you to your parents.
0: Go to your old home. We'll watch for you there. Come over to us. We'll make you powerful. Safe. Uh and the two sides draw back. Uh Vistar 3 begins to remorph into Tony, the Protocol Chief. Uh Axe and the other Anamorphs draw back into the pillar uh, and then demorph and remorph and fly out of there which is just like why didn't the Visser put fucking cameras Ugh. in the pillar because that wouldn't be dramatic enough yeah, you know? I, I guess <laughs> uh, so they get away but they're no closer to achieving their objective